Welcome to Sharkcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news, discussion, and of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works in the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and we have a way too many people today, and one of those people is Ian. Yes. Hey, I'm Weary Writer on the forums. I'm a bad fan and didn't finish my homework for this episode. <laughs> you got through about like 80% of it. So you you yeah. got a gold star. <laughs> Uh, also joining me, uh, clearly where the three realms come together, uh, it, it's Evgeny. And I think, uh, Adolin, Shalon, and Kaladin are gonna come out of your, uh, blinds any mo- moment now. You, you, you cannot have my pain. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, I've got, apparently I've got... my pain is in my eyeballs from looking at that. So <laughs> you should be used to it by now. I I am. Hi, also, I'm Argent. Hi. Uh, also joining me is Grace. Hello, I'm Gator Girl. I don't I don't have any fun intro today. I'm sorry. No, oh, you clearly no. don't. You clearly don't. Uh, also joining me is Ben. Ah, uh, um, I had done no prep for this episode. I haven't read opening in like six months. This is gonna be a great one for me. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> you, you did a re You did a re Oh, I've. High five, high five. I have read Oathbringer like four times. I think I've, I'm, I've, I have opinions. Okay, great. Good. Lastly, we have Shannon. Hi, everybody. I'm Greywatch, and I finished my first reread two days ago. It doesn't feel like enough. Uh, and, and I'm Chaos. Uh, I finished my reread last night, but uh, I, in, in my defense, I had read it twice before it came out. So, say. <laughs> but it's been a very long time since i i've fully read the book so it was it was good to reread so today guys we are going to do a oathbringer retrospective hilariously we thought we would do it uh at the one year mark after oathbringer came out but that did not occur uh good job it's it's kind of my fault really so now it's like one and a half years after Oathbringer came no out. look if look so so the plan is we just delay this episode long enough to be the two-year anniversary <laughs> no this one needs to come out this month what this actually is is that we're doing it at the 10 month mark so it's a Rosharan year since the release is it 10 months perfect it's been 500 days. I haven't looked it's it up, but and the viewers don't know when months. we record this, it's but it's been 500 months. days. Trust me. It's not 10 months at all. No, it's not. But it's 500 ten, ten, days might be closer. Yeah. 10 Risharan months. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. S- excuse me. So I just looked it up. Uh-huh. Five. I, I, what, when, oh. was, when was 500 days? When's 500 October, days? Oh. October 19th, 2017. What? Wait, what? that makes no. Wait, what are you no. talking about? Okay, Arjun got this very wrong. Five hundred days is is uh, no. What's five hundred? When's twenty ninth of March? Twenty ninth of March. So literally, like probably the week we actually we actually might release this on the five hundred days after because <laughs> it's the twenty ninth of March. Do you do, this, you, this, do you really want to do that? Yeah, let's do one. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to keep yeah. all of this in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. no. Where... When did Oathbringer come out? November 14th. 
Where did you get October 19th? Yeah, where, where did you just no, pull he that was, from? Was, <laughs> and more importantly, why did you say 2017? That's not 500 <laughs> days. I, I think he was doing 500 days back from where you said, which took me a minute to like um... get in my... I was like, 500 days after November in 2017 is not a month earlier. No, I'm it's doing not a... 500, 500 days back from today. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I did. Yeah, right. I did. I figured plus five hundred days. Yeah, that's the sensible way. Yeah. The far more logical <laughs> thing to do. Because <laughs> then we have like an actual date and don't have to do additional mathematics. <clears throat> oh well. Wait, why would you, Eric? Why have you of all people would not want to do additional mathematics? Uh, math isn't about numbers, Ben. Okay. No. Math is about logic, jumps. not about numbers. I know what I want to do, therefore it's basically already done. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, after a fun and exciting interlude, uh, we actually will get it so that this episode airs actually 500 days after Oathbringer came out. One Rosharan year. If you say anything about the fact that Rosharan days are different lengths than Earth days. That's true. Let's Five, move on. 500 days. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> actually, this episode's about the Rosharan calendar. Actually, just, and only the Rosharan calendar. Joffrey is going to be so mad. He will, yeah, he will actually be very upset. So, I because Oathbringer was not, I guess, universally loved, uh, we wanted to go back and see how did we feel and how did we... What what changed since the first time we read it, or the last time we read it, uh, and and how are we feeling now that the new luster has worn off, and that we know Odium appears, and that all all, all the stuff that we got, we, we've all come to terms that that is a thing that occurs. So, let's do some hot takes. Let's uh, talk about what we liked. Uh, or sorry, what did you think about Oathbringer originally, and how do you feel about it now? And I am going to start with Grace. Ooh. Okay, so originally? Yes. I really loved it. I uh -oh. still really love it. Uh-huh. I, I think I have different problems with it on the reread. The things I didn't like the first time i didn't mind as much on my reread and the thing and certain things i didn't mind as much the first time i had problems with on the reread cool we will talk about all specific issues very yes. soon in pedantic shardcast detail don't worry ben what did you think on my original read i really liked it i had i did have some issues with it um which kind of kind of stayed um or doing my rereads, I discovered that doing like three rereads of, of a fifteen hundred page book within the space of like is a terrible idea. You get sick of the book. That's that is true. <laughs> it's like if you watch a movie too many times yeah, near release, it just, it just kills it for you. Yeah. I, I was I was doing it because I was writing videos for it, um, and then and then things were in the way in my life, so I never, which were then cancelled because I, I they were really hard to make videos. Um, they, they, to be like, fair, they were. And so, yeah, upon reading it, I was just, I was just sick of the book. But I mean, I still really like it. But yeah, that, that's my opinion right now, is that I'm like, I probably won't read it again for a long time. Okay. Years. Years. Maybe yeah. maybe before book four, maybe. But maybe. not, not, uh, probably, not before then. I probably will. Yeah. I'll probably do it for book four, but not before then. Yeah. Shannon, what do you think? Um, Originally, um, 
God, even looking back, I don't know what my first opinion of it was because I was so tired. That's true. Um, you, 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 what, what did you do? You cranked through the entire thing in a day or well, everything but at, part one? I woke day? up at 4, 4 a.m. and couldn't get back to sleep. Uh-huh. So I was like, screw it. I feel terrible. I, I just clicked. I had, I had the pre-order at a physical store, but I was like, screw it. So I bought on Kindle and then just <laughs> got up and started reading. And I sat there for about 14, 18 hours, whatever. And then by the end, it was sort of like, what did I even, what was my emotion? I didn't have emotions by the time I finished it. So it was, you, um, you, you gave the book your pain? I gave, <laughs> so it was like, I was like, everything was very new and exciting. And it was like, how can, how can you say no to the, all the new and exciting things? Yeah, like right. it was just a lot, a lot of screaming. Um, and so <laughs> on the reread, I was, I was surprised to find I, I kind of liked it better in some ways than my first read. Because um, you didn't have to blaze through it. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't have to blaze through it. I was actually like taking the time to actually uh, enjoy it. So it was, yeah, by the time I got to the end of the second reread, I was just outpour of love. I, I love it. Yeah. Great. Evgeny, what do you think? Um, I am in a position not too similar from, from Grace. Shannon's. Um. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Unintended. How but many I, podcasts I, have we done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I meant like gray apostrophe S. Oh, 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 oh okay. Oh. oh, right, right. I got gotcha. you. Right. Yeah, the, oh. the gray and grace thing. That's why okay. you got to use yeah, Shannon. Yeah, I thought you were yeah. mixing up Grace and Shannon's name. And no, I'm like, Wait, no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. Come on, man. Come okay. on. No. I love my username a lot, but you got to use Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. It's a problem um gray watches so yeah i i went through the book not quite as fast because i'm not quite as fast of a reader um the first time around took a couple of days off work and just spent all of them um reading and at the end of the first read i was exhausted like i knew i liked the book uh i knew there were like big reveals that i loved and things like that but i was just tired it, and and this happens to me it, it is it is a big it's point. A very big um <laughs> this happens to me after every brandon book where i read the well novel i read the book and i and i just get a book hangover where <laughs> i can't read anything oh. that's not brandon for a while yeah yeah Oathbringer just gave me the biggest book hangover i've ever had like for half a year plus I could not touch anything to read. Uh, and I'm, I'm still not back to my <laughs> normal <laughs> reading pace. Um, but after, after a reread again, um, I, got to, I got to enjoy things without the stress of, okay, I need to get this done ASAP. I got fair um, theorizing to do. I got to play soon. There was. Yeah, no, I, I, I had to be done. Yeah, because <laughs> the forums and chats were moving. They, and they were moving very fast. Very fast. It was ridiculous. Um, I felt a little pressured to like the book more than I think I did because I kept hearing from beta readers how good it was. Yeah. And my on a, on a purely emotional level, I liked Words of Radiance better. Okay. Like, the end works better for me. And I think it took me a reread of Oathbringer to realize that. So there are things about Oathbringer that I love that Words of Radiance doesn't do as well. But they're kind of more exposition-y, explanatory connections in the wider world thing. 
as as an emotional response, the ending of Words of Radiance works better for me. We're we're definitely gonna compare Stormlight books in this episode. Yes. So that is great to hear. Uh and that was a big question for me as well. Ian, what did you think? So when I first read Oathbringer, I really liked it. When I reread it for the first time, I still really liked it. And I still really like it. So um reserving the fact that I technically haven't finished this reread so my opinions could change in the last 400 pages or however long i have left i don't know you've i read been, a you've lot been really this busy. morning you you <laughs> did read a lot this morning you got like to almost through part four from part two yeah um <laughs> that's pretty impressive so, yeah but what i've really been liking um so far in my reread is i'm i'm picking up on the little thing like little bits of foreshadowing and <sighs> turns of phrase that I just never picked up, which like I'm appreciating that. A oh, lot. definitely. I feel like that's a big thing in in Brandon rereads, <sighs> finding those little things that in retrospect are like, oh my god, it's so funny. Just rereading chapter one, where it talks about the champion with nine shadows, Kolinar, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> and uh. And that, that's what it's about. It's, a dense it, chapter oh, it's one. like it also <laughs> name drops even, the unmade as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, but not even like the big foreshadowing like that. It's like the fact that there's more to spread than what you see in the physical realm is foreshadowed twice. Like once by Rock and once by Rock, uh, once by Kaza, long <laughs> yeah. before they get to true. Game. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And then unique bits of like world building, like turns a phrase like there's one point where there's a sunset and it's described as shining ruby and topaz light over a valley which like yes that's yeah. totally how rosharans would describe this yeah. the 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 writing it just <laughs> feels rosharan oh yeah it, it, it yeah. does though yeah and it, it, that's something that. brennan has been getting better with over time because we yep. really don't see that in elaintress or mistborn era one yeah but Getting... We get some ash, ash stuff in era two, but yeah, era one is like mm-hmm. yeah. it's the little things. It it tends to work better in in Stormlight, but it also helps that the world of Stormlight is is so out there. It's that... so different that you you can't use like dirt metaphors. Like, yeah. so what, what yeah. are you gonna do? <laughs> right? <laughs> unless, I unless you're foreshadowing. Well, right. I. And the first read, I said Oathbringer was my favorite book. Uh, I am a person highly influenced by endings. If I love the ending, I love the book. It doesn't. It literally doesn't even matter what happened in the book. If the ending's good, I like it. If the ending's bad, I hate it. Uh, and I loved Words of Radiance's ending, and I'm like, how could Brandon top this? And the ending for Oathbringer is so insane and uh just it really puts the epic in epic fantasy it's just whoa this is just i couldn't have conceived this happening at the end of words of radiance like i had no idea right yeah that something like this could happen uh that we could meet so many unmade when they really hadn't been relevant and just dalinar's arc i'm like oh yeah so good 
best use of flashbacks in Stormlight yet, I think, because it really fit. Dalinar's recollecting yes. his m- memories, and you're getting those flashbacks, and so it felt essential that flashbacks yeah. needed to occur. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. Some- yeah. A lot of the a lot of the flashbacks in Oathbringer were triggered by something happening in real yep. time. Yeah. Uh, the the prodding of a of a beast scene, where he goes back to that quote from Sadius. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, a it was, couple of others. It just feels it was, so natural. Yeah, it was it was really important that like you're learning it at the same time that Dalinar is remembering yeah. it. It's sort of like you're not. This isn't stuff that the character has always known necessarily in yeah. the same way that that Kaladin's say was, it was, this is new information to Dalinar as well. And that, that made it feel just so much more impactful. And, and organic. Yeah, yeah. Whereas some people uh, do criticize Stormlight, like, did we need that many flashbacks? And I- I've always liked the flashbacks, but this one, mm-hmm. the flashbacks are integral to the story. Yeah, because like yeah. in Way-, Way of Kings, it's... They're almost, you just lurk Kaladin as kind of Kaladin goes on this journey, and you're kind of just seeing the end result, well, not the end result, but you're seeing where he is now compared to where he was in the past. They don't really gel together too much. And then in Words of Radiance, you're kind of seeing a build up for truths that for herself. So yes. they are kind of tied in a little bit with the plot of the actual book, but not as much as, but then in Oathbringer, it is like, they are integral. Like you are learning things as the characters are learning things at the same time. And I noticed there's a few times where Dalinar will collapse because he's remembered something and then you won't go back to Dalinar until we've had like three yeah, attacks to yeah, tell us what it is that he's just remembered. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Evie died. Like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that yeah. makes so, sense. Which makes me very interested to see how it's going to work with book four. Yes. With, where mm. the flashback character is dead. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> very true. So I I originally was like, Oathbringer is my favorite book. Words of Radiance was my previous favorite book. Now Oathbringer is my favorite book. I don't know if it is anymore. Words of Radiance and Oathbringer are really close. The highs hit me just as good as they always have for Oathbringer. Like, Odium shows up. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. Uh, Elhokar dying. Oh, uh, all the like shots. That's a high moment for you? <laughs> oh, I thought it was great. Well, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love when characters go through pain. Like Evie dying. Oh, that was good. Like <laughs> it's a high moment in that you get a big emotional reaction, yeah. right? And it's okay, not like. Odium. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, Odium, that's not far I, off. I would take, I would transform this room substantially. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> So, I don't know if I like this better than Words of Radiance, because Words of Radiance was just so very tight, and this one is less tight, but... You like it differently. I like it. They're different. They're very different books. They definitely are. Yeah. So what I yeah. think is oh is like kind of like the bigger difference for me between Words of Radiance and Oathbringer is that the scope of Oathbringer goes goes bigger yes. it's the unmade it's odium showing up it's all of a sudden the things that they were like oh this is gonna happen and then it finally happens in oathbringer so it was i it was really satisfying for me personally like um because it was like the this is the promise being delivered this is the things that they were talking about happening actually happening and then it was so that was that that, that that's what it was for me it's sort of 
the first two Stormlight books are still kind of setting up and getting ready. And then Oathbringer is just opening the door. Here so, we are. This is this is the the scope of the battle here. Yeah. It's mm. Oathbringer is finally fulfilling some of the promises Brandon was making in the first two books. It's just like, yeah, we needed all of that set up so we could have this story. Odium's yeah. coming and oh yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We um in, in regards to comparing it like how it feels like how it sits with me right now i actually do still think words of radiance is my favorite because for me words of radiance is like oh you guys should read this book because there's a really cool arena fight in the middle of it and everything else is like window dressing like build up and then fall <laughs> out of it and it's like it's like the rest of it and right now at this point the entire of the stormlight archive for me is by the way there's this really good arena fight in the middle of it and everything <laughs> else is just really good window dressing. <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean that was really awesome. I don't. It's like that. one of my favorite scenes in fiction ever, and like, I'll, even though some stuff in Oathbringer does does like top that in terms of like epicness or you think like in terms of oh crap, really cool things are happening and people actually might legitimately die, and it's all like I care really much about every second of what's happening right now. Oathbringer never really reached that kind of intensity for me, even during like you know the the just before the Battle of. Thalen Fields, you know, with the whole you will have, not have my pain and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. I, I, I think Words of Radiance is too much. See, <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't really feel like characters were going to die in Oathbringer. I, that, I can go with that, but the biggest Except fear... when they do. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest fear reading Oathbringer is you just think Dalinar could turn, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was me the whole time. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I think I've talked about this in a in a previous episode somewhere. But <laughs> when I was reading the climax, so the way the way the ending is is shaped, you have a scene in I think still chapter one nineteen where uh, Odium is just assaulting Dalinar with with memories and and requests to to turn in. <clears throat> this is 118, I think, but yeah. Maybe, maybe it's 118. And then it switches to Zeth's POV, where he is he's flying uh, above them all with, with um, Nail, and they're discussing Zeth's third ideal. And, and Zeth goes, hey, can I, can I follow somebody? And they're looking at Dalinar, so it's obvious that he's thinking about Dalinar, even though they, they haven't vocalized that yet. And it, at the back of my head... I'm thinking, oh crap! If Dalinar turns, <laughs> yeah, this is true. Me, we now have Zeth with Nightblood <laughs> yeah. on the side. I was thinking and the boy. same thing. My first read through. Oh man, so terrified. Terrified. I was like, oh no, I can see what he's lining up here. No, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's a very different book. The I think one of the complaints is that the scale was so crazy. I don't it works for me that the book is about the unmade and just seeing the cleverness on oh yeah no we can trap a spread a big spren and about the thrill made that moment where Dalnar finally traps the thrill like ah yes yeah. and and yeah. saves everyone yeah. yeah, all the pieces were lined up so perfectly so that when it happens, you're like, "Of course, it of course to he's gonna." <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was a well foreshadowed. It, it's 
so expertly foreshadowed, and I feel like there's tons of foreshadowing for later books in this book that we are just not getting at all at this current oh, moment yeah. that we'll reread and be like, whoa, whoa, he just, he just <laughs> he foreshadowed this. <laughs> I just didn't well, even there's notice. There's a line in one of the listener songs that is completely recontextualized after we read Oathbringer. Uh, I don't remember which one? what it is. Which one? You can't just say oh, that. Oh, you can't just say that. I'm clicking. <laughs> is it the one about it. the humans and the surges? So I, I did find it. It's the twelfth stanza of the Song of Histories, which is the epigraph for chapter thirty. Tis said it was warm in the land far away when Voidbringers entered our song. Yeah, <laughs> we brought them home to stay, and then those homes became their own. It happened gradually. In years ahead, twill still be said. Tis how it has to be. Yep, that. It was, it was warm. There you, there you go. go. There you go. So, how about before we talk about a lot of specific moments of things we liked and didn't like, I'd like to talk about some overall book things on how you felt the pacing of this book went because uh, a lot of people were like, ah, it was slow. Some people said that this book was had a lot of filler. And and that Colinar's slow or Shadesmar's slow, things like that. Yes, Shannon. I have an opinion. Yes. Okay. Um, this I did not have an opinion on pacing on my first read through, um, but on the second time, I don't think Colinar or Shadesmar were slow. I had a really hard time digging into parts one and two. I don't know why. Um, they just felt a little felt, slower, but by the time I finally they finally started moving going to Colinar, that's when things started falling, and I could finally found the momentum of like, okay, things are happening, things are happening. Yeah, uh, I agree with that because it did take me a while to actually get into the flow of reading Oathbringer, part particularly part one. Yeah, where like I would read it, I would be invested when <laughs> I was reading it, but like going back to it was hard. You could put it down and then it was really easy to not pick it up again. Yeah. 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 I think I completely agree with part two. I feel actually I really liked part one in terms of pacing. I think it's the closest we've got to um, it's almost a standalone novel, like yes. within a book. It feels the most <laughs> like yeah. beginning, middle and end it, of, a, yeah. of any of the parts of any of the books. It really is. Uh, part, yeah. Part two. I struggled through pretty much on every reread because I'm like, as much as I like getting to know Bridge Four, because you're constantly switching back and forth, person to person. I'm like, oh, it's it's the the Tef chapter. Oh, it's the the Dunny chapter. Does Dunny get chapter? Is it Dunny oh dead? No, no, actually, I kind of had the opposite. Dunny dead. Yeah. Dunny dies like Bay of Kings. <laughs> the, bridge, the Bridge Four <laughs> chapters were the ones I found easiest to get through. Actually, that's, I, that's I, interesting. Okay. I just yep. I found part two was just nothing. Nothing happens like really like because I, I like I said it was the one that I was writing a thing about and so I was writing about all the events that happened. I'm like, ah, oh, character stuff happens, so things happening. Nothing actually happens in part two ex yeah. until Odin okay. turns up at the end, which redeems the whole thing. Well, the I think it that part is a it's about learning about Bridge Four and politicking. And so if you don't like those yeah. two things, like Dalinar's whole thing is uniting people and trying to yeah. get this coalition together and he's bringing people through the visions. We're not like getting a lot of fluff because he's sending people through, but I can mm. understand if you're not into the all the politicking that that gets really slow. Yeah, Grace? Okay, so the first time I read this book, I 
thought parts three and four were slow. I did not have that problem this time. I thought this time they moved very well. I thought, in particular, Kaladin's arc in part one felt slow to me. How so? Oh, yes. Um, I don't... It just felt like that... I'm just trying to... I mean, I read this like... This was part one. I read this like a week ago. These, yeah, yeah, these, right. these faces yeah, need to be on the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other things have happened in reading since then, so I don't remember. I just remember a distinct feeling of when reading those chapters, wanting to kind of skim through them a bit more, kind of like knowing what happened they were less interesting to me. Because the mystery know. is about the Voidbringers, and when you know exactly what yeah. happens, then... Yeah. Sure. yeah. And also, just, like, having an entire chapter of, like, Kaladin getting to know the singers by, like, teaching them cards or whatever, like, I just felt like that was kind of slow, like, knowing how that whole thing ends, I was like, I don't really care about this. Half these my thing... I just I I Shalon's chapters in parts one and two were my the ones I could not get through. I find she gets better when we when, as soon as like when we get to Kolinar, but it's I think it's like what um yeah what Grace was saying it's like I know what happens. It's not interesting. So I I like Dalinar in politics. I like Bridge Four. I don't like Shalon's beginning chapters in this book. It's yeah. Well, it's the, the with. Shalon Shalon goes through some very interesting psychological stuff during this book. And it's not until book three where a lot of that really is like, oh, wait, no, like serious, weird stuff is going on here. It's like, you should be paying attention. Before that, it's just like, I remember in my first read, I'm like, I was very concerned for Shalon, but it's like, yes, um, (laughs) <laughs> um, what's going on and then part three happened he's like okay no like i should be concerned at this point bad stuff yeah, is happening yeah yeah there was and then like after that she does start to work through it a little bit once she has her conversation with hoyd yes yes yeah. stuff like she starts improving ish say so. she starts she starts getting her feet that's how I would say it. She's not, she's not improving. I would say, but she's stable. Ising. She's I mean, not getting books. worse. It's a part of part of the improvement. Yeah, yeah. getting better. Um, what is Shalon's doing? Part two again. I actually can't remember. Yeah, not a lot. Does she do anything? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm like. Um, she has a hard time adjusting happening. to being Yasna's ward again. Yeah. Adjusting the... to being Yasna's ward, but also being a Night Radiant, and also being the person who mm-hmm. kicked out an unmade from the house. Yeah. And then it was also interesting to have Yasna come back and get her perspective, not just on what Shalon is doing now, but what she was doing on part one. It's a totally different perspective from what Shalon was thinking of herself. She's like, I was doing so great. I was, um, you know, I'm learning to be an adult. And then Yasna comes in and is like, you don't show up for meetings. You leave them early. You don't pay attention. You don't do the things that people ask you to do. What's going on? You don't take notes. <laughs> yeah. It was really frustrating to read uh, Shalon just... Refuse to take notes? <laughs> well, Doodle Kaladin. <laughs> oh my god, the Doodle Kaladin. Amu- I found that amusing, but uh, I... Just like we've seen Shalon do so many things, and why are you 
Why are you just acting this way? It makes sense, but it's just very frustrating. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Shalon in part two was one of the things that in the first time I read it, I was so frustrated and annoyed by. This time I actually didn't mind it. I I found myself actually kind of frustrated with Yasna a few times in part two, which made me more sympathetic to Shalon as well, I think. How so? Mm, just like, I mean, it makes sense for Yasna, but like the way she kind of... She came back and she expected nothing to change, which really annoyed me. That's true. Which, but that makes sense for Yasna. Like, yes. That's kind of who she is. And when we get into her head a couple times, we see that like she's very unsure of herself at this point because for so long she was at the forefront and now she feels she's playing catch up. So yeah. it makes sense that, that she's like falling back on like, like you are my ward, like you do what mm -hmm. I tell you. Yeah. The so thing like, that was frustrating for me was that Yasna gave Shalon opportunities to explain. True. And Shalon refused to take them. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Just, it was just too much for me. Mm -hmm. It was, I, like, I understand, like, it's really hard. That, that level of adjustment is really hard to do. But I feel like Shalon came out on the worst of it than Yasna did. That was, that was probably the most annoying thing about part two for me because I, I liked the bridge for one's rocks bridge for oh, really? chapter is so long that i, 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 <laughs> I like, like it. it but it, it's so long what number so, is that i don't, I don't know okay it, it's, it's long it's it really i didn't think it was long it's one it's of the longest chapters yeah it's a huge is chapter it? yeah, yeah it's it was massive. a blink it was a blink just isn't it the first bridge forward as well no six i think it's the, the first second no? And How is the rock chapter so long though? He just like talks to the, he gives the Spren Stormlight and then his family arrive. Like what else happens it, to make it, it it's so long? Really like a, long. Yeah. <laughs> he talks. There's the cooking, there's Huayo, there's um and Huayo. Yeah, he's he, and he's reflecting on basically like the state of Bridge 4 and like it's sort of like the first Brock's the only one who like understands like the emotional psycho psychological stuff that's going on with the group. There, yeah. no one else is as no one else is as reflective as Rock is. It, it's great um, to read it as prose, which is hilarious. But it, it, it's just it's just a long a long chapter. I, I don't being long. loved yeah. Moash's stuff in part two. I always liked Moash. Uh, I, I have a thought. I like the Moash chapters. I don't like reading them mixed in with the other chapters of part two. I think they work better if you. I in my opinion i think they work better if you read them separately together. i kind of like if he was the interlude character even though that the timelines wouldn't work for that well but. just i guess grace is yeah. you're just imagining it being the novella that brandon wrote straight through because brandon writes these all like he writes a character yeah. and does the whole part and then intersperses them and yeah yeah. So, so for me, I think it just breaks the flow. So when I was doing my reread, what would happen is I would hit a Moa chapter, and I'd start, and I'd be like, I don't want to read this. So I'd set it down and do something else for a while, and then I'd pick it back up. And when I picked it back up, I loved the chapter. I think they just, reading I, them in sequence mixed in with part two just kind of made me, it, it broke the flow of what was going on a bit for me. Absolutely. I distinctly remember the, the, the picture of the bridge forearm with this the thing torn off yep. filled me with dread every time because so i was like oh great it's another <laughs> noah chapter like but then you'd read it and it was fine but like you kind of want to get back to what's going on very like it's not that yeah. i thought that moash's 
um like the content of the chapters like like the actual plot of the chapters was dragging it down it was moash's entire personality that was dragging me down (laughs) because everything about him was sort of like nothing matters it's all bad everything you know this would have made you angry at another thing but i don't care i'll just do the work like this humiliating work and it's fine i'm just a slave again and and i'm just Mm. like i'm gonna get out of your chapter and go back to someone more fun (laughs) that's so so what i was gonna say is is similar to that um when i finished oathbringer dalinar's journey and the lessons he learned are I suspect there are going to be things that are going to stay with me for a very, very long time. Um, obviously, not necessarily applicable in the direct sense because I don't expect <laughs> dark gods to show up and, and, and you, ask you, me. You don't to, murder to... your wife and set an entire city on fire when you, you do? Yet. Wait, you can do it. Technically, it's only manslaughter. He didn't intend to kill his wife. That's yeah, true. but he also manslaughtered. Well, he murdered a lot of other people, and yes, he murdered a lot of there. other people. That's I mean, a different I mean... category. That's called war crimes. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> that's my. That's not your court. That's the Hague. My my coffee mug says, "Hubby, you guys, you guys see a wifey anywhere?" Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's dark. Anyway, it's so dark. Um. <laughs> So in the direct sense, not necessarily applicable, but this book, a lot more than the previous two, gave me a kind of a, a innate understanding or understanding I can relate to on the whole journey before a destination. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Dalinar's oaths, uh, most important step a man can take, always the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, this entire kind of package of lessons those things resonate with me a lot. Yeah. And so every time I go to a Moash chapter where he does not that, <laughs> it it just it eats me on the inside. Like every time he wants to give up, every time he says this is not my fault, every time he refuses to do anything about anything even though there's a very nice parallel where he helps the parchment or the singers in the same way that kaladin does early on outside of that everything else is just i feel personally attacked <laughs> by the kind of nonsense he does and says and i hate that i wonder if ian's about to say what i'm about to say uh, let's find out let's we'll find out. see but it's like the reason i liked moash's chapters is because it is a direct counterpoint to what is in Dalinar's. It's like there's a line in his uh, Moash's last chapter, I believe, an ancient singer's name. Let go, Moash, something deep within him whispered. Give up your pain. It's all right. You did what was natural. You can't be blamed. Stop carrying that burden. Let go. And yeah. he, Moash does, where Dalinar it, takes that next step. Yeah, and becomes a better man. Like, Mm -hmm. um, Moash is really hard to get through, and I'm not going to say I like him or his chapters, but he was very necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, because what I think makes Dalinar's story more powerful is to realize how hard it is. Sometimes I think we see heroes do like quote unquote the hard thing, but we, you know, when we're like, oh, of course, everyone should do the right thing, and da 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 da, it doesn't really sink in. But seeing 
yeah, the context, but like seeing someone else who's in a lot of pain and who has that same choice and it's really, really hard. I feel like that just actually makes Dalinar's side of it more powerful. Like Moash is definitely a foil here to the theme of the book. And we see that it, um, how, how destructive the easy way is, but it is the easy way. It's, it is, it is kind of natural in some ways. It doesn't feel natural or easy to do what Dalinar did. No, I mm. think that's an excellent point. Yeah. I really like that point. I was just thinking about this as, as I was reading the book, that this book, though it has a lot of lore, uh, and it does have a, a lot of things happen. This is really a character book. Like it's it's so yeah. strongly a character book. It's about Dalinar and the lies he tells to himself to make him into a better man, right? And coming to terms with what the truth actually is. Shalon dealing with lots of lies. <laughs> yeah, with Shalon. Yeah, with Shalon. Yeah. Uh, and Kaladin dealing with the lie not not really a lie, but just the idea that, oh, you can protect everyone. Like, yeah, he, and he's struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me that those three struggles are kind of connected. Uh, and it, I think, and, and feel, please feel free to comment below if you feel differently, but I think people who believe that this book has a lot of filler is they're, they're not liking that character drama and that 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 exploration and they're just like oh my god shalon just holy crap or oh my god kaladin just wear the fourth ideal and uh and things like that so uh it, it's very much a character piece it's like um, if you have if you're not buying into the characters yes. Yeah. Th yeah. Then you're not going to like it, right? Like, cause that's what it's about. And if you don't like that, you're not going to like the book, which makes sense. Yeah. As yeah. as you were speaking, mm -hmm. um, I realized that pretty much all of the book, definitely most of the book, is about one failure, two accepting the failure, and three how do you move on from there, yeah. and some characters are still in the process of like still some characters are in one of those steps yeah and some characters have now passed that stage where moash has he he's realized he's failed and he's kind of accepted that but he's decided that it's not his fault and so now he's in that stage and dalinar is in the phase where he's failed he's accepted that now he wants to do better. He will be better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Kaladin is Kaladin is kind of in the in the I am accepting phase. Mm -hmm. And and Shalan, I feel like, has just moved past. Yeah, I, I know I, I messed up. How do yeah. how do we get better from, from here? I think Shalan's still in the accepting stage because she yeah. kind of is between the whole, oh, I met my parents. Oh, I don't like thinking yeah. about it. I should really think about this a bit more. Yeah, yeah she's and kind of like, on the cusp. Yeah. I, I like this perspective of like accepting failure because that's one of the things Hoyd is telling to Shalon yeah. in, in Colonars. Yep. Like, to live is to fail. Hoyd <laughs> knows about failure really well. <laughs> so, like, yeah. If you're not, if you never fail at anything, did you really ever live? Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a thing I am kind of 
struggling with in my everyday life, where for a long time, I have been doing things correctly or perfectly the first time around. And so for several years now, I am terrified of, of trying anything new because I know I will probably not be very good at it and I will fail and I don't want to deal with that. New things are, are scary. Like change is yeah. scary. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, not, not to go on a personal tangent, but Evgeny, I'm, I'm with you there. Big change is scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Evgeny, like when you were talking about that, I was like, I was, I'm really excited to dive into this theme of the book being failure. And that was, that was something I was eager to talk about today. Um, I was actually going to go a different direction, but you convinced me differently. So now I'm all <laughs> now, dang it. Um, no, because um, what I was going to say was that we see people failing, but then I feel like in part five, it kind of gives people a chance. I think like, as you say, to try again, to, to, to have that success. Um, Kaladin's breakdown in part four, when he's talking about how he can't save Dalinar, is given the chance that as soon as Dalinar gives him the chance with the perpendicularity, and then the first thing that Kaladin's first task is to guard Dalinar. You know, so it was sort of like the opportunity to do it again, you know, mm -hmm. and Shalon's failure in in Kolinar, you know, and then part five, she's given the chance to to save an entire city, you know, and like and then she kind of like puts she kind of like she kind of lampshades that at like and like in the after battle, she's like, you know, she does it like in a Shalon like glib way she's like oh look half the city's standing this time maybe we'll maybe we'll finally get on to like actually saving people for real <laughs> but like like that in, in her mind you could see her like this was a better version of what happened in Kolinar. yep you yeah. know and obviously dalinar's story in part five speaks for itself but um yeah. <laughs> that's that's what i that's what i really liked about um about this book was that it's not just a story of like oh people people failed it's a story of people people failed and are given the opportunity to try again. Mm -hmm. And then they they and then people can succeed at like the the second, the third, the, et cetera, et cetera times. Masters the try fail cycle. Yeah. Uh, Brandon sometimes <laughs> talks about it's like, oh yeah, there is failure and we're we're gonna have those yeah. try fail yeah. cycles yeah. for sure. But it would be it would just be a really different book if part five wasn't the way that it was. Um part five was so triumphant that like that's my it was so triumphant it was so there that's kind of a branded like i, I love that yeah. though I, that's what i love about his writing the, the triumph um, is so, even more than words of radiance to me yeah hmm. yeah i that is probably true yeah yeah so yeah. going off your idea of like getting a second chance like that goes back into the what's the most important step a man can take the next one it's like yeah trying again it's yeah. like, gonna fail but yeah. you should work to be better yeah mm -hmm. you know what also is like another line that i didn't realize was almost as important as like the next step was that um something that also i i, I think i missed my first time was like this idea in dalinar's story he was it was also two kind of questions that he was that he was struggling with it wasn't just what's the what's the most important step a man can take. It was also like like the oh I'm gonna forget the exact phrasing, but um, what do all journeys require? A beginning, and so mm -hmm. a lot of like our our three main characters, main characters are are looking at this and they're like this is the way I am. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, 
this this is this is just who I am and it's and it's bad. I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. There's there's Kaladin, Shalon, and, and Dalinar who are looking at themselves and going, This sucks. This is this is not it. But then Dalinar has this moment of you can't have a journey if you don't have a beginning. This person who I am right now is the beginning. And then that um I think this was also in part five. I think I think is when that question was answered. And just yeah. that's a really that's a really important yeah. part of the question. You need a beginning and like in order to take start taking steps in, mm-hmm. at all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that really reminds me of as well? That kind of mirrors what Venley's doing. Like, wow, things are terrible. I <laughs> screwed up. And I have a chance like I mm-hmm. I colossally screwed everything up and it is all my well, fault. Yeah. And and she's starting her journey to be better. And, yeah. and, and this reminds me of another great line Dalinar has is that a hypocrite is only someone in the process of changing. Yeah, that, I, that was another thing that I was thinking of right there. Like Hands down, one of my favorites in the entire yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. Like it, and I think, Ben, I remember us talking about Venli and I feel like I, this, I would wonder if you wanted to bring it hip, 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 this, this hypocrite thing. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Venley is just in the process of changing, and we just haven't seen enough of it yet. I don't know. I yeah. Firstly, distinction. The quote is sometimes a hypocrite sometimes is, a hypocrite is, is, is a very just, important uh, qualifier on the statement. Very important. Just <laughs> in the process of changing to be better. Is a person in the process of changing, and yeah, I, I always love that quote. Um, and secondly, uh, yeah, I think Venley is someone who yeah i dislike her because i you i, I have my opinion hasn't changed in rereads of Vinley. i still feel like she's got off easy for what she did um uh but yeah she could be she could be just be in the process of changing i feel yeah. like we just haven't seen enough of her to even say that yeah. she got off easy like yeah i was gonna say that she's like still everyone, on the journey everyone gets the opportunity to choose to change that's all she's done it's sort of like that that thing is very internal and i feel like adding external things does not change like that all she mm. her entire thing was just leading up to the point of empowering her to decide that maybe she could be different so like that's all that happened in her story like and essentially like we like she barely took her first step in the in this book and like that's what i'm excited for the next yeah. one is sort of like now she's going to get into the nitty gritty now she has to actually figure out how she's going to do this the hard choices she, all that she swore the first ideal there's a lot more ideals for her to go through <laughs> we don't know. it's not yeah. gonna be easy like yeah I don't think. yeah she literally yeah. just started it's sort of yeah. like if she if she had the same like you know more more what's the word i'm looking for word count um, as like as yeah. much screen time as some of the other characters, but then the the same amount of stuff happened. Then I would kind of agree with you, like maybe she got off too easy. But she's had, she just had like such a small. We just had a, a little peek into her, like in this book, that it was yeah. it kind of made it kind of made sense to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I do really we, hope that we see more of her in the next book, and that yeah, for sure. I I hope it changes my opinion on her. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna like, say. I want to, yeah. 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 yeah, that's her. That's her honors chasm moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the end of her part one. Yeah, yeah. Um. Grace, so about that pace for a while. Oh yeah, Grace. What? Oh well, you guys started talking about characters and themes, and I just like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> She's still in college. She gets enough of this in English class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So so about pacing. Uh. I never really minded Kolinar, and I really didn't think it was too long in this one. And 
Hoyd and Shallan's moment in the yes, middle there moment. was really poignant. Much more poignant in this read than my last read. Yeah. Of just it being a big yeah. character moment for her. I really liked that. And, uh, I mean, I can see someone saying that it is repetitive because Kaladin... Mm -hmm. What does Kaladin do in this book? He's, I find a squad and I'm going to be their leader. And I'm going to help them. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm yeah. going to find another squad and I'm uh, I'm going to train my old squad, Bridge 4. Then in part three, I'm going to find a third squad and then meet them. And yeah. it's like, I, you know, you have a point that, that he's, <laughs> it's getting a little repetitive. Kaladin, you have a problem. Have a it's problem. a little repetitive, but I think it's important because it so it can all come crashing down on him yes. at the oh, end of yeah. the movie. It was so oh. good to see yeah. the the Parsh killing the wall guard and that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, no, that was that was brutal. Yeah. It was so brutal. I hated it, but it was. Yeah, I know. That's why I love um, it. Yeah. So, like, one of the reasons I think a lot of people have an issue with the Shadesmar sequence is that most of the book is just like um the first two books but broader but shadesmar is weird it's very yeah. different from the rest of the book and it's uh, those of us like us who know about the cosmere and like the interconnectedness of Brandensburg and knew that yeah. like there were these other connections to other worlds like we just took it in stride it's like oh great we're getting that now yeah whereas like yeah someone uninitiated to the Cosmere gets to this and it's like, why are there laser swords in my sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> like this, th these things don't go together. Yeah. For, for us, it's almost like every, every laser minor swords? detail is important. <laughs> but uh, what do you mean by laser swords? It's I'm using it as a metaphor, guys. I'm using it as a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember laser swords. When were there he also laser said swords? I went for a Star Wars like, reference. Yeah. Is he talking yeah. about the um, blade? <laughs> <laughs> so, interestingly, and, and I think other people have noticed this as well, the Colinar sequence, first time around, I did not notice anything pacing because my my own pacing was too fast to pay attention <laughs> right. to things like that um and then in retrospective when i was thinking about that after my first read the colonar sequence felt slow i love the shadesmar one because there were all these cool things that we found out there like that was great just give me more shadesmar please yeah. but thinking about colonar i thought it was slow and then i reread the book and colonar is actually not bad at, like it is, it's not super tight, but there is stuff going on in all points of that sequence, and they are important things. And you need pretty much all of them. Yeah. Um, the the wall guard sequence, Shalan's stuff. Maybe you can cut off like one of Shalan's heists. Uh, well, she really only marks. got one. There was only really one big one, and it's referred yeah. to that she do is doing others, but there was really mm -hmm. only that mm -hmm. one big one where they actually they gets crossbowed. In yeah. the, in the uh, and her guards are like, hey, you don't look real good here. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm fine. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta take this crossbow bolt out. I have so much PTSD. I have so much trauma, but it's okay. Don't think about that. It's fine. It's fine. But, but it was necessary. Like, you need 
Shalon to fail to have the good Hoid moment for her entire story, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a lot of the Colonel stuff was fine. Um, part one, the Kaladin sequence is is not exciting to me when I when I think about it uh, in reread, and that is because a lot of it is about you know the surprising reveals and and all of that stuff. Which, in retrospect, when you know all of these things, they're not as exciting. Um, yeah. Part two doesn't have much going on for it. Like it has it has okay moments, but as an as an entirety, I don't think it's character all and that exciting. Stuff. Right? It's, yeah. it's character in politics. and Yeah. When you say it like that, I'm like, no, but I like those things. But at the same time, I still had a hard time getting through it. Yeah. So, I, I think I like individually a lot of the things in part. Like, I love all of the bridge four moments. Yeah, me too. But they don't mesh with anything else in that part. Yeah. yeah. It's like too much of a good thing that it ru- each part ruins it for the others. <laughs> Well, see, the thing is with Bridge 4 is that you actually do need that because Tefs is absolutely essential. You need Tefs. That is absolutely mandatory. Uh, Yeah, but you you don't need need Sigzo. You don't need Scar. Well, you kind of do need Scar because you do need Scar to... uh, I think it was important to have Scar because then you see Scar go with Kaladin to Kolinar. And... uh, like they they're they're becoming radiance. They they protect Gavinor. I feel uh, like I they know. were sig- they were significant enough in the later parts that you needed the setup for them in part two. I, you because Teft showing up at like at the Oath Gate in part five, you needed to know why that was so powerful yes. and amazing. Um, when Scar and Drahi lived, you need to know why that was significant. Um, Sigzil maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I can see your point, Evgeny. Yeah. I, I agree with Teft. I, I agree that Teft's chapter was was really important for the entirety of the book. The rest, I feel, could have been tucked in, like, rocks already too long of a I, chapter. I feel <laughs> like it might be a thing where it's setting up stuff way later. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, that... Could be. Brandon's thinking, okay, I'm going to do this part where... We're not going to do Kaladin point of views. We're going to see Kaladin through others to build on these side characters to explore them later. And okay. I, I think that that could be it. Like, Tefs was absolutely mandatory here, right? Uh, and maybe Sigzil is going to have big moments later, right? Well, no, he no, is Hoyt's apprentice. Like, mm. it's so possible. it could be related to some Hoyt thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I can understand the perspective that's like, did we need all of these? That that said, though, Tef's moment where it's like, oh, it's the coat that he sold. Oh, that that gets me every time. Oh, it's so the pain. You you feel so much pain in this book of the characters. You feel Tef's pain, Shalon's pain, Dalinar's pain. Dalinar's pain is just so good. Suffering. It's so good. And you can have all of it. <laughs> Fine wine. <laughs> so well, let's talk about the Shadesmar sequence with what Ian was saying. And Grace, I feel like you have some comments to make about the, the cosmic okay. stuff. Ian said that we like the cosmic stuff, but he is wrong. Oh. I have some issues with it. I particularly have an issue with how prominent a role Vivena had in this book on the second reread. A little backstory. 
going into Oathbringer, I did not know that Vivenna was going to be in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have read the one back when it first came out, but in the months leading up to the release, I ignored spoilers and I'd completely forgotten about it by the time I'd gone in. And it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize who she was. It wasn't until the Pata scene in yeah. Shadesmar that I realized right. it. Right. And so reading her early scenes in Kolinar, knowing it was Vivenna, I hated it. I was like, what is the point of like all this mystery behind her? Like, I, I absolutely, I was like, I just did not like it at all. I am going, I mean, obviously I can't disagree with you because that's your opinion. But if I may offer a, a rationalization, a lot of those early scenes with Vivenna are about Kaladin thinking he's found either another Radiant or somebody with another blade. Because, I mean, and based like, on the information that Kaladin had. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's thinking very um, intelligently about it. He is, yeah, yeah. He's he's making absolutely valid points. She's got what looks like a shard blade. It looks funky. She, she has no... Yeah, no gem. She doesn't have any... Like, nobody knows where she came from. She is this mysterious person that is a potential ally, or mm-hmm. in some cases, maybe like a, like a double agent or an enemy that they don't know about, but definitely a person of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so spending a few chapters where he tries to figure her out and then it just ends up being something that he didn't expect and couldn't expect mm. is I think that's a valid way to to introduce her. So I feel Vivenna's presence in this book is necessary going forward because it, in Words of Radiance we get Vasher and Nightblood and if they are going to be important parts of the story going forward. It's like yeah. they were part of the original Way of Kings Prime. Warbreaker was written as a prequel for his for their appearance in Stormlight. Having written Stormlight, there's this new character, Vivenna, who is also a very important character in terms of those two characters as of the end of Warbreaker. If we only had Vasher and Nightblood in Stormlight, I think a lot of people would be unhappy with like where's Vivenna? What happened to Vivenna? So it's like yeah. she gets like a short sequence, like, hey, Vivenna is here, like doing important. She has things. her own arc going that's we get to meet up with for a little while in this book, but it's not part of the main thrust of Stormlight. I don't know if I agree with that. As a fan of her in Warbreaker, this is so vindicating because I get to see her be awesome and badass mm-hmm. in, in this one. So I'm like, yes, take that, you Vivenna haters. <laughs> Everyone who thought she was annoying in Warbreaker. And I, I actually just um, read, she has a conversation with Adolin about... Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so Alluding important. to how like she ran away from her duty. Yes. Is yep. how Adolin takes it. Yes. Yeah. Because like sometimes the best thing you can do is let someone else do the job, which is hugely important in his decision at the end of the book to mm. like, no, I can't be king. I'll be high prince, but I can't be king. Mm-hmm. It is important, but that's not something that had to come from her. Like mm-hmm. she was a good character yeah. to have that, that decision come from because we already, well, some of us already know about her background and so it makes sense, but he could have just as easily heard that from like an honor spread in Shadesmar. I, I don't know if it would have been as impactful. 
thinking about this from a perspective of like the overall plot of this book specifically, Vivenna's in, then leaves, and then the main characters are going to fight at the end. And so I can see that, like, what is the point of Vivenna being in this book? And I think, given the fact that Nightblood is being more of a role, this yeah. crap is going to be important. And yes, Vivenna was not in the ending of this book, but I I don't know what Nightblood's going to do, but that's important somehow. Because yeah. this was if, the story that Brandon wanted to write with Vasher and Nightblood here, right? It kind of felt significant to me that this was kind of the time when the the world hoppers and what's all going on with people coming in from other worlds and the Cosmere being what it is, is not just a secret for people like Yasna anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like that this is sort of like it's now opening up and becoming bigger to the point that that even like our normal people who are like not mm-hmm. super um secret society people adolin and shallan and well shallan's getting there um <laughs> etc you know are like oh this is just common knowledge did you see their reaction to, to to it they had just come off like the worst experience of their lives after the battle of Kolinar failing mm-hmm. but they were also like oh you're from another world Cool. <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like in Mistborn when Laris just drops out of the air and you Google it and you're like, wait, that was an alien? And then in, in this book, the aliens are important. And it's like yeah. you kind of have to start bringing that idea in and like making it. It was sort of like, oh, this maybe is more going to be like a commonplace thing. And this is the introduction to that idea. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. But in Adolin has a line about how. These things aren't new. The world was always like this. Like, yeah, I love that. We just didn't know. Yeah, I loved that too. It's a good line. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like I just didn't know that this was happening. But feeling that he's out of the I'm, oh, I'm not different. The world's not different. I just know a little bit more. Mm. And like, I I get what you guys are saying, and I think all these things are important. I think for me though, her role in this book just felt too large for me. Like, I'm not opposed to having her in there, but I think for this book, what she did, it just felt like too much to me. Okay. Which, like, that's entirely valid. It's like personal taste is definitely a thing. And it's like all you viewers out there who, like, are screaming at their computers (laughs) about how, like, no, you're all wrong. Grace is totally right. Like, you are correct. You're all correct. But also, you're not. You, the, the thing is, with like books and characters and your emotional reactions, that is true regardless of whether other people feel the same way. Like, yeah. two people can do this, can witness the same event or read the same book and have different reactions, and they can both be simultaneously correct. We don't need yeah. to go through and like say oh that that person is wrong on the internet and therefore it is a crusade now and we must destroy yes. them like it's, there it's are fine. as many there are as many correct interpretations as there are people reading the book yeah Hello. uh grace would you say that you liked it better originally because there was that mystery but now that yeah. you know the mystery it was significantly less good Yes, definitely. I find that interesting given what we talked about part one, that many people here were saying, oh, Calvin's stuff was not as interesting because I know what's going on with the Voidbringers. Whereas me, I reread it and I just remembered in part one that sense of 
are all the Parshmen going to turn into Stormform, like in Words of Radiance? Like, I, we, we don't, we don't know. It's it, that could be how, how it goes. And then the Everstorm comes. We're in Dalinar's point of view, and we're getting weird things with the Voidbringers. And then Kaladin finds the Voidbringers, and it's not what we expect. And I still liked it just as much. I don't think I. Vivenna was indeed not as interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm always interested in the Voidbringers, so part Kaladin in part one was always still cool to me. So I can kind of see that. Uh, were, were there any other things that were things that you, that any of you like really liked that didn't this time, perhaps? <sighs> I'm gonna no, stay on the topic like, of Vivenna. Okay. After Ian finishes talking. I I was all I was gonna say is it's like it's just the things I didn't like I still didn't like. Okay, so, but that's so that's like another topic really for a little yeah. later. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing I I realized on the reread is that I would have preferred if Brandon had kept quiet about the fact that Vivenna was gonna be in Oldbringer. Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Completely agree. Yeah. Really needs Brandon just <laughs> normally. Writes a thing and he's so freaking excited to tell people about it and it's just like uh i just want to tell people and give them bones but it's like brandon just shut up shut up don't say anything yeah so, so in a lot of cases i like brandon telling us little little bits about future books mm-hmm. vivenna's reveal was a tad too much i feel yeah. like i yeah this would have this would have had this would have had ending of Words of Radiance and Nightblood level in Yeah, because we didn't get that if he moment. Quiet. Yeah. If we just didn't say, oh yeah, Vivana's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, okay. So more people could have been like me and gotten halfway through the Shades Mar sequence and have been like, I'm an idiot, that's Vivenna. <laughs> which which is a fun moment. It's it's still not as big of a reveal as Nightblood. Oh, would you oh. like to destroy some evil? Oh, that that is yeah, it's so like, good. Talk it about took an me ending. until her first color metaphor in part three to yep. like oh wait it's Vivenna. i don't remember what color metaphor it was or what number but it was that'll be crimson to break yep and she and i was like and there was like there were other ones before that but i was that like oh i'm so dumb that one's actually <laughs> yeah. the chapter title of that oh, yeah. is yeah. It? it yeah yep. crimson to break yeah i, I don't look at chapter are... <laughs> i well I, I was looking at that there's some great chapter titles in this one i should are. i should look at those yeah no they are they are an art of their own but that's in the they're, they're storming the colonel palace yeah it's like, oh they, the, that's gonna be crimson to break there's, there's, there's a blockade that, that they need to break i think the first one she uses is that's black on white yep. yeah something it's white on or white on black yeah yeah or white, white on black, black. yeah 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 yep. That was my moment. So now we all uh, we know how to spot Nathian. Uh, and then I was like, "Oh my god, her name was a color." Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> like, we, yeah, we know how, and I'm still going to completely miss it next time. Yeah. <laughs> I did this time. I was ugh. So, <laughs> so we have been blabbing a lot. Let's talk about some more specific issues. Uh, we already talked about Moash on here. Let's talk yeah. about Amaram. Because that's a thing that I think a lot of people have had issue with the way he was dealt with at this book. It needed a bit more foreshadowing. Yes. Okay. So I've talked about this on like one of the um, Word of Brandon podcasts, I believe, at some point. In Words of Radiance, in Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, and theoretically the beginning of Oathbringer, Amaram is an anti-villain like he's doing the wrong thing but a what hmm? an anti-villain yes. yes 
Yes. Like an mm-hmm. anti-hero. Like really anti-hero really small. Anti-villain. Eat, like, which is... There's loads of him, and they like eat food that you drop. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's not Ant-Man. <laughs> okay. So He's Ant-Villain. A hero <laughs> does the right thing because they want to. An anti-hero does the right thing because they feel they have no other choice. A villain does the wrong thing because they want to. An anti-villain does the wrong thing because they feel like they have no other choice. Which, that's Aaron. Okay. Like, he's doing these horrible things for the greater good in his mind. In okay. his last scenes, like he's a full-on villain. Like He knows he's doing the wrong thing. He doesn't care anymore. And it's just, we didn't get to see the transition from anti-villain to villain. Which makes that whole sequence unsatisfying because it's like why why is he acting so out of character like it's like this doesn't make sense like how did he get to this point yeah i don't think it's that deep i i have disliked the amram ending it was it was the part of the ending that was just not as awesome as the rest of it that that that's what i always felt and in this read, it made sense to me the way it never has before. And so I totally see what you're saying, Ian, because I have long agreed with that point of view. But now it's very simple. Amram was trying to get the Heralds to come back. And Odium, well, I think Amram just had a town, right? Was, wasn't that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So, yeah town. And so Odium just told Amram what the Heralds were actually doing and all of the horrible things that Amram did to try and get the Heralds to come back it broke him because all of the terrible things he murdered Kaladin's squad to uh, make this happen to uh, bring on this desolation to bring honor to men didn't matter because the people he was trying to bring were already there. He didn't... All of the things mm. that he did that he's felt guilty about, it it just destroyed him. And so then he gave Odium his pain. The issue I have is that doesn't happen on screen. I, yeah, this, I don't yeah, think it needs to happen. The, but like, I don't think that was The that frustrating clear. thing for me is like the immediate, as far as I can remember, the immediate prior scene we have with Amram is in part two where he comes to the meeting of the scholars and Yasna just totally roasts yeah. roasts him. Yeah. And in that moment it's like he's still trying. Like he's still trying because of like he's like yeah. let me speak to with your uncle like we can mend this like break. And then at the end he's like yo I'm okay, evil that's now. Yo. True. Like Odin. I just never felt that there was that much difference between the two the two of them he was always a guy who was like felt a little guilty about what he was doing but still knew he was doing bad things Mm -hmm. which is even even in the anti-villain stage he was still like a perfect that was still the perfect mindset for odium to prey upon Mm -hmm. it was like that that was always it he never actually moved away from from anti-villain it's the exact same thing odium is doing this to a bunch of people give me your pain it wasn't your fault you just you did what you had to do and now let me take care of it that never changed it's like to me it was very simple i can connect the dots from yeah, what like, from what he was saying so it was like it never needed to be on screen and in a book that already had so much in it i'm like it wasn't necessary 
Yeah, I can see why I, like, he did I prison. I I see why, but it the fact that he wrote Edge Dancer to have Milan's change of like heart so that it could happen on screen. It's just like. I just don't think Emrem is not in the same class as Nail. No, he's not. Like, that doesn't make sort of it like, like it any less satisfying. It's sort uh, of like to me, he was just, he's never he's never been that significant of a character. How many scenes did, has he even gotten in the whole series? Yeah, I just was, don't understand. He was a I actually, character for yeah, for um, Dalinar and Kaladin in Words of Radiance. I can't if you agree compare, with that. Like the amount of like, scenes, I agree that it feels like this transition from an anti-villain to a villain is a climactic moment for the character, and it's something we should have seen a little more of. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not advocating for a novella, but I, I would have liked to see you know a scene in a chapter where yeah. that happens. It's like I I understand why it was put wasn't put in, so that the reveal like oh wait, Amaram's totally evil now like that's a very impactful I moment. I don't know I don't know if that's the reveal. Like I thought it was more impactful to know like as a surprise. Oh, Odium's been talking to a lot of people. To me, that was the bigger reveal yeah. and impact. Mm -hmm. that was so a like good reveal, yeah. It's like, so I, I thought that was more significant to keep than backing up why Amaram specifically did it. And it's like, full disclosure, I haven't gotten to that part yet in my reading. Oh. So it's like, my opinions might be different this time, but... I don't know that I necessarily think it needs more foreshadowing of why he changed sides. I think it needs a bit more foreshadowing of, like, when reading Oathbringer, I didn't necessarily see any hints that he was talking to Odium, and it sort of seems like he had been for a while. And I think that's what I want is just to have been a bit more foreshadowing of when, so that when I could go back and read Oathbringer, of yeah. like, oh, that's like he was totally talking to Odium then. I kind like, of feel like I was getting that. Remember when Dalinar came back to Thalen Fields that one time, and then him and Amram have that big like. Is that word I'm looking for? They're fracas. snipping fracas. <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> they have a confrontation. And Amram is so angry at Dalinar. And like full disclosure, I totally forgot about that scene. So days, maybe weeks before the ending. Like I'm with you, Ian. Yeah, because in part two, it doesn't seem like Amram's turn to Odium. I just I just want to know when that point occurred. Yeah. yeah, I will give you that for sure. But Amram literally just explains this about the heralds when he's fighting Calden. He 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 completely explains all of this. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I you get really tired reading that giant chapter uh, of chapter one twenty that I just kind of glossed over that important yeah. part. But I, 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 he does. He explains it. Yeah. I, I guess like I'd just rather it be shown yeah. rather than sure. Told. I, I, Totally agree, but th there was also benefit to the stress of, oh, Amram's army's there. They're all going to turn to Odium. So I, I can completely get that that is unsatisfying. I'm just happy that there is at least some transition there. Yes. I am just so confused. Yeah. Yes, ben. Ben, ben. I read his um, motivations just kind of, oh, I'm mad at Dalinar, so I'm going to join Odium. My grievance with what Amara happens is that his death is I just I find that completely unsatisfying. That's the part I find unsatisfying because once he swallows Reshafit, not Reshafit, oh my god. Um, yeah, Lignar. 
yeah, like no. Once he saw the yeah, like no. Like I know. Yeah, once he saw the gems made. And um, <laughs> once he swallows a gemstone and like gets possessed, which we know that possession eats away at the person that he possesses. Feels like for me, thema- like I don't know if thematically is the right word. It didn't. It didn't matter that it was an Amaram at that point because he was fighting. Yeah, like not. Like sure. and then and then Rock then kills him in the end as well, which is I also didn't like. But I, I get the yeah. point where it's like uh, ah, yeah. it shows that you know Kaladin can now rely on other people to do things for him because well, Kaladin and Amaram they're almost complete opposites. And for Kaladin's storyline, I think Amaram was pretty much one of the most important characters in Kaladin's life, basically. Yeah. In terms of he's he's the he's the reason Kaladin is who he is. And yeah, I just felt like once he swallowed, you're like, nah. That was it kind of didn't matter that it was Amaran anymore and it could have just been anyone. And he was just fighting a monster with all surges at that point. And yeah, I, I just didn't like that ending for that storyline. Do not agree with that. Okay. Yes. I think it very much mattered that it was Amaram because of their back and forth during the during the duel. I like um, Kaladin says multiple times throughout that fight. I, I'm agreeing with you, Evgeny, that like he says, "Oh, it's still Amram in there," and that a line like that true. keeps getting thrown in there throughout true. the yeah. fight. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think yeah. it, it's actually Amram who says, like Kaladin accuses him of, like he tries to address Yelignar. Yeah, and Amram counters that with, "I, it's still me." Um, it's also but, in the but, as well, but. Yeah. Um, there is the feeling, which is something I agree with. The feeling I get from Amaram fused with Yelignar is a very different feeling from Asudan fused with Yelignar. Because with Amaram, like they have, they have a little chat before uh, about giving Amaram a gem that hosts Yelignar. And that, hey, hopefully he is strong enough to contain the one who who comes after. And it does feel like Amaram is. Like, the creature that is the mix between Amaram and Yelignar feels like an empowered Amaram. And not mm-hmm. like, a, like a Yelignar who is taking over a body. It's like- and so in that sense, it's Kaladin versus Amaram on steroids. Yeah. I think I would have been happier if Amram didn't die. Like, if he became this hybrid of Amram and Yelignar and became a recurring villain in that way. I don't know. I just, I'm just very confused because to me, this is just in my read of the Stormlight Archive, he was never that significant. And so when I saw people afterwards complaining about how sudden it was, I was like, what do you care? <laughs> um, to, to me, it was he was never that significant. I'm just very confused as to like this being a really important point for people, just because I was sort of like, okay, great, he's dead. Moash was always kind of like the bigger um, powerhouse in terms of like, here's, the, here's an impactful villain um, who who I feel like he's more impactful than Amaram on Kaladin right now mm-hmm. um, going forward, because now it's a comparison of like the two paths. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a much bigger sense of betrayal now from Moash. Kaladin already knows what Amaram is at this point. Like there's, I don't, I don't think there's any, yeah. anything new, any new ground to be trod there. I think the more emotional 
emotional villain connection is with is with Moash now. That's fair. Maybe yeah. maybe that's why Amaram like Amaram's chapter just needed to be closed to give Kaladin time to to deal with Moash well, as a like a riderly perspective. I I definitely think that's that's the mm. case, but I can understand why people would not be satisfied with that. Let's say, oh, what what was your hope? If you read Way of Kings, Kaladin fighting Amram eventually, this is not what you expected. And it's and not in that good way of not expected necessarily, right? Is ah, uh, I I don't know. And and so I think because people generally tend to have a big connection with Kaladin because he's the viewpoint of the first book and that moment of, wow, Amaram yeah. is the worst, that you get here and it one can feel, ah, yeah, we just needed to kill off Amram because we're, we're going to fight other things, you know? So I can understand that perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think that's that's what my thing is. It just feels like, oh, we've just got to kill off Amaram because we're kind of done with him now. And I felt like there could have been a better resolution thematic you guys are all frozen. My yeah, your internet is <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think it's kind of, it feels a little stable right now. I'm going to be what I said. Uh, oh, no. I, I, think, I think we're going to need to skip it, Ben. I'm sorry. You're, you're like, <laughs> that's fine. You're, that's you're fine. super pixely. Grace? The, the oh. robot Grace virus. This is, this is just a kind of a tiny nitpick related to the uh, Amarab Kaladin fight. I do not like how much talking and character exposition is in that fight. It's a fight scene, and I don't need them being like, no, I forged you. No, I am the spear that cannot break. I just just fight each other. That is okay. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. No, <laughs> see, I, I liked that. I liked that because you need that. You need you. It would have been more unsatisfying if Amaram just died and then, and then you thought, Oh, that was the, the grand showdown. It's just com <laughs> compared to when I read that section, I'm always comparing it to everything else going on during that battle because it's mixed in. And mm -hmm. that is always the part I like the least. That's, well, that's always true. the part you're, where you're I'm like, part. I just want to skip this section to get back to like uh, Adolin and Maya and like Shalon doing the light weavings and like Lyft and Nightblood and Zeth being an awesome like trio. And I did skim. Yeah, and as far as if you consider Kaladin's last major duel of uh, Zeth, that one is cooler than than uh, Kaladin yeah, versus yeah. Amaram. It just is. Yeah. There's also a lot going on in that last duel. Like, there's end of the world type of stuff around them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, something has to be the ring clank. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I... I I agree that it's a little silly that they are in this battle for life and death, and and Amaram is just continuously <laughs> turning into this monster, and they're going back and forth. I feel like Amaram needed the closure as much as Kaladin did. Oh yeah, um, because yeah. the entire fight, Kaladin's like, "You're well, then why are you still in pain? Why are you why hurting? Why are you still in pain? Yep. yep. Why are you that still in pain? Like and that. Amaram is like losing his mind. He can't yeah. handle. He can't handle it. It's sort of like. They both needed to yell. <laughs> I, I I agree. Like it does. It's sort of like I do agree. It's a slower part, and I don't necessarily follow it line by line when I'm reading it again. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So now we'll go on to a not at all contentious issue. Uh, oh, you, you know, know the one, the love triangle. 
Let's uh, go. Well, uh, you guys have fun. back yeah. to it. <laughs> Look, flashback to shannon's first episode of shardcast uh th- i i would say that uh there are a lot of people who dislike the end of the love triangle and i was very curious reading oathbringer how i felt about this on a reread uh what i felt was different and knowing the s- small <laughs> small small controversy regarding the love triangle if and just just for the record, it is again perfectly fine that uh, you read the book a certain way and you had those reactions. And so our reactions are not necessarily yours. Uh, there's also a group who really don't like Adolin. Oh, that love triangle! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just in case you 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 not, not the, clear and not the fine. Not the Dalinar, Gavilar, Navani one. No. Well, actually, that one is criminally underdone in the flashbacks, actually. <laughs> but uh, Criminally. It is. But, again, it is perfectly fine for you to uh, not like Adolin, not like that Shalon got with Adolin. That's totally fine. So, Ben's internet died, and uh, he definitely... He's returned to Braze. He has returned to Braze. He did not want to talk about the love triangle. Uh, so, which, which is the, fair. The Braze-it. What did you guys think of the love triangle on a reread? How I many dislikes it, will this get, get for us? I, w- I just wish it never happened at all. I was just sort of like, I don't see the point of why all three of them had to be in this story why or like the specific <laughs> relationship of love triangle that they got did not need to be in this story yeah, okay i think all three of them did need to be in separately <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like the fact that brandon made it so Vale was in love with kaladin and not shallan was slightly better but i still think it would have been better for there not to be a love triangle to be honest Love triangles, in my opinion, are really hard to write and really overused by people who don't know how to write them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you read romance. You read romance. I do read romance. So, I do read right. romance. Excellent. Brandon's romances in general already are, like, in my opinion, not his strongest suits. And I think, I don't think he's written a success. He is not, in my opinion, written a successful love triangle. This one included. If he's going by the lessons of this book he's just going to keep writing them until it gets it right no no <laughs> i know that's not what you know that's not what i want Which at all sounds perfect to me give me more threesomes brandon uh i love trials uh i i think a lot of people did not like that uh calden and shallan did not get a lot of time and development in this book which is fair you did not get that that is not this book uh, you did not get that relationship to evolve the way you would like. You got a lot more Shalon and Adolin. And so in some sense, it's not really surprising that that's where it went. Uh, and so I understand people getting annoyed by that. And I just wish that it was not necessary for us to do this entire thing. Uh, that said, I have read many, 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 many threads talking about Adolin and Shalon. And I still think Adolin and Shalon are adorable. Uh, so 
mm-hmm. I do. I, I can't look at that where Adolin goes to Shallan and Shadesmar and is like, I'm going to give you a back rub and not think that he cares about her. That That's that's me. So I think, I, I just think it it was not necessary for us to do a love triangle. Was that really that important for Shallan's personas in this book? Was that was that why? No, no, we didn't. We actually didn't need to do this. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the record. Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't oh, no. believe you have been on the record of regarding love triangle opinions. So. Hi, I am. I am new to Shardcast. Here, listen, <laughs> listen to me. Um, I am very happy with the love triangle in Oathbringer. Wow. An essay by me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Bring on the dislikes. uh, So so let's 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 go down the list. Okay. I feel like um so first of all, the separation, the fact that Shalan and Radiant to an extent were a lot more attracted to Adolin, although Radiant kind of flipped a little bit at the end. Yeah. Um Whereas Vale was a lot more attracted to Kaladin. It was an interesting plot device, and it also served the purpose of highlighting how different the different personalities of Shalan were. And so that fed back into her kind of main problem in the book, where she was fracturing herself and losing herself. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, going back to Words of Radiance and the infamous storms she smiled anyway line it felt like there was promise in that scene promise that these two characters would will either have something or will need to deal with something that that they think is there and is actually not um which like Shalan and Kaladin needed to be resolved in one way or another, and whether you're happy with how they were resolved or not is a whole different thing, but those two needed to be resolved, and the fact that Shalan was causally betrothed to Adolin was also there. And so, like, all the ingredients of a triangle, you had three points, you had to do something with those three points, how it was handled in Oathbringer, is not something I can really talk about because I don't read books with love triangles. But a lot of the scenes made sense to me. Like, if Shalan is wearing the Veil persona at the moment, yeah, she's going to pine over Kaladin because Veil pines over Kaladin. It's like they are different people for many intensive purposes. Um, a lot of the scenes where it was Shalan, actual Shalan with Adolin, yeah, it makes sense that they would be affectionate and loving of each other because those two are just affectionate and loving of each other, period. That's Shalan. And then the moment she flips to Veo, she starts ogling Kaladin because she's shirtless and doing something epic and probably shining. And the resolution at the end, after the battle for Thalen Fields, made sense to me. Uh, it was Shalan ended up choosing Adolin, at least partially because he was somebody, one, who showed affection for us instead of Kaladin, who was being just like brooding and, and throwing glances and not doing anything about anything. Um, but also Adolin understood her. Adolin was with her. Adolin took the time 
to actually get to know and care for her. Uh, whereas Kaladin was kind of a... Not, not even a fling. It was just, yeah, he's pretty. And, and Kaladin liked the idea of Shalon. Like, also true. He, he likes, like, oh, like, Storm, she smiled anyways. It's like, that's so awesome. Like, not really seeing, like, no, this is incredibly problematic. She should not be doing this. She's like, he has this idea of who she is. Yep. Which isn't realistic. So, I think the components were there. I don't think they quite came together. And so, like, I think that's that's why, you you know, you like it. You like it because, like, the components were there. But I don't think they quite came together to make it work. Like, I think the ending, in, the ending in particular, when Shalon, like, makes her choice and is, like, talking to, like, Adolin about it is where it falls apart the most for me. Because she's just kind of like, oh, I never really liked him. He's just a pretty face and I'm an artist. And of course I'm attracted to that. Like, and love triangles are about character exploration. You have a character and you have these two people who represent two different ideas. And the character who has to choose isn't just, is like, looking is exploring what these different ideas that they represent mean to them and which one like matters most and which one they should choose. And I think there just, there wasn't quite enough of that. Like there wasn't it, like the connections weren't quite there for me. Like her, like it makes like, it makes sense that Vale's attracted to Kaladin, I think, but I think the, the way it kind of came together, the way that choice at the end kind of came together, I don't think there was like quite enough build up to it, I think, is my issue. I think part of the reason for that is that um, by design, Shalon and Kaladin didn't have barely any scenes where they interacted in this book. Um, there were They had a couple, a couple things here and there, but on the whole, they didn't interact on in the same level that Shalon and Adolin did. Um, now, I think this was on purpose and um, sort of sort of exemplifies that the choice that Shalon was making was between someone who she had put work into a relationship with, had already had established routines, patterns, um, <laughs> patterns, um, uh. Hey. Uh, 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 routines, patterns. Um, they 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 have an established relationship versus someone who she's spoken with a couple of times. They had a time in the chasms which was intimate and meaningful for both of them, but that was it. Um, and since then, like there's 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 nothing, and there's no proof that 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 they actually have anything to to found a relationship on and i think that was by design but i totally agree with you that it doesn't make for a great love triangle plot or or resolution of a love triangle plot it if you're into shalon and calvin you're upset with the way that shalon's like nah and calvin's just i never loved her anyway like it it really kind of just i can i can completely understand that and I think I'd have less of a problem with it if at the end, instead of Shalon just being like, oh, he's a pretty face and I'm an artist, she'd said something like, 
I don't know him and he doesn't know me the way you and I know each other. I, I totally that, agree. I think just that sim- something like that, a single line like that would have made it work so much better. I Yeah, I didn't like the line that she tried to reduce what she and Kaladin had. I totally agree. It's just if she had just like admitted that like, you know, we 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 might have had something. But that's probably a reason why if you're in a Shalon and Kaladin that you read the book and you're like, oh, so my investment in these characters is this. I just think you that's know, more like, a problem with Shalon's character than I think Brandon's writing because that's well, something Shalon would say. Shalon, Shalon would yeah. do that and yeah. Th- that said, I can understand people being frustrated with that in particular. Yeah, it's sort of like, I don't think this is a pro. I don't necessarily think that was just Brandon not understanding how to resolve it. I think that was also just, Shalon makes light of tons of stuff that she probably shouldn't make light of. And she's. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, and she just doesn't know how to talk to people because she's 17 and um, just. And messed up. <laughs> Very messed up. Yeah, so it's sort of like, it's it's the like i'm gonna be an adult i know what an adult is i think it's kind of the same thing it's sort of like she wants to know how to handle this sort of thing but she she doesn't quite know yet it's sort of like this is this will make adolin not feel um like you know stressed out or or like or, or like or like he's competing with with kaladin um so it's like in her mind this is the way of like oh this is this will make him feel better about it instead of like but an adult would be like well let's just admit the truth of like there was something but I'm still choosing you. Yeah. There was yeah. the potential for something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more accurate. I have grown to understand the disappointment with the love triangle a lot. Because, I mean, I like Shalana Adolin, so I'm very happy. Uh, and yeah. uh, my relationships are often extremely dorky and silly, much like Shalana Adolin's. And I, I feel probably Brandon's is like this too. And, if your relationships are different, that's, yeah, you're different people. That's fine. Uh, but that that always resonated with me. That, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that works. Uh, but I, I can very much understand why it did not work for people. You know what? Um, all this makes me wonder about how applicable is it to talk about this as a love triangle plot? Because <laughs> it's really a bit of a rectangle. Bit of a trapezoid. But the thing is, Vale isn't a real person. Vale is fake. Is... <laughs> and that's why Shalon falls apart at the end of part three, is because Vale is fake. She's not a real person. Yeah. That was why are you giving me that look, Evgeny? That's that's the that's what happens. I mean that that is what happens. That is what happens. Like that's yeah. that's the that's the whole thing, is like the the fakeness of Vale catches up to her and she can't pretend that Vale is real to the same sense, although she'll still act like Vale and da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, With magic it's a little more complicated, but okay. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also have grown to appreciate why people did not like Adolin's characterization in this. Because often Brandon multiple times in this book just goes, Adolin, he's very likable. And if you don't like Adolin and you go into Oathbringer and the author is saying, Adolin is very likable, I am telling you this, and characters agree with this, and therefore uh, you like it, that can get really grating. And I completely understand that. 
that said, I agree that Adolin is likable. So, you know, it, yeah. it always worked for me. But if you feel didn't like, like that, then yeah, sure. That gets it, really irritating. There's a difference between I didn't like this and this is bad writing. Sometimes they touch, but those are two mutually, not mutually exclusive. They're two different things. Yes. I, and it's like, that. that's the way I try to approach media is sort of like, I feel like we there there is a separation as we grow as readers from this is good or I like it therefore this is good and I don't like it therefore this is bad. It's sort of like there there is a definition of like I wasn't totally thrilled with Shalon and Adolin's relationship. <laughs> like to me it's just not the kind of dynamic that really grabs me as a reader. So I was kind of bored with it, but I can still see like, I can, I can see all the points that, that Brandon was putting in. Oh, at the beginning that they're both very scared of each other and lying to each other. And then they move and like to the end of like part five, where they are not afraid of each other and they're starting to trust each other. So I'm like, so even though I wasn't the biggest fan of it, I was sort of like seeing the, the things that Brandon was laying down at each at each of their scenes and going, okay, I see what you're doing. Is, is that what it's you're gonna... saying your, your feelings were with Shalon and Adolin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like the biggest fan. Like, like it's, it's cute, but it's not like, it's not what draws me personally okay. Shannon I as see. a reader. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I so like, sure that's... if you're being hypothetical of, no, I'm not being hypothetical. This oh, is, God. this is what I've always thought. I was, I've, I've come to accept it more over time, but especially the first time through, I was just like, no, I hate this. Okay. I, I, I don't like Shalon with anyone. So, oh, right. yeah, I'm just like, no, this I don't necessarily like this, but I was still picking up the threads of what Brandon was setting down for the relationship and going, oh, they are going to be canon, aren't they? OK, all right. I, and then I, I've accepted it over. I, I definitely think it's uh, a factor of either people really dislike Adolin, which I think is fair uh, that mm -hmm. you, you probably are going to like the resolution because of it. And if you don't like Adolin, then you probably prefer not Adolin. Uh, and then Na you don't... Nadolin. Yeah. <laughs> and you just don't get Shalon and Kaladin interacting much in this book. And so, yeah, you're going to be disappointed, and that's mm -hmm. fine. Or if you don't like Shalon with either of them, then this was all just disappointing. <laughs> I try not to harp on too much about how much I hate the love triangle, but... I keep it inside. I just, I, I, I just really just didn't think that it was necessary. Like we, we didn't need Shalon. Just oh, I'm catching glimpses of Calden. It's irritating, Shalon. Shalon, what are you doing? God, like it's one of the very few things that could very easily have been cut from this book. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I was going to say, I, I did roll my eyes when she was doodling Kaladin at the meeting and being like, he has such a yeah. strong jawline or whatever oh, it was. God. I uh, anyway, I won't get, I won't get was, into it. I'm just. I think that was the the one moment that I was like, and, and you, we were talking about part two Shalon earlier, and how you guys found her annoying. That was the one part two Shalon moment that I was like rolling my eyes. Some things too that just she's just like thinking about Calden when she should be thinking about Adolin and. Mm -hmm. That's annoying, and so it's it's more veiled there. I feel like yeah. by the time you get to Colinar, the separation between Shalon and Veil yeah. is stronger. I feel it was sort of like you know I was saying like she should have just been like more emotionally honest with Adolin. 
she should have been more emotionally honest with herself but this is her the entire point of shallan's well, character I, under, I understand but it's sort of like true. if she just like if she was like oh no i shouldn't be thinking about kaladin i feel so guilty this is bad just like admit that you are like thinking about kaladin and like you know maybe explore what that feels like and then like i feel like that would have helped the resolution be better but it was yeah. sort of like no it's forbidden you know like it's bad yeah. i can't ugh. <laughs> uh, uh. It emotions just feels are sense. hard. Emotions are emotions hard. Emotions are hard, and she's young. She's 17. And I, I just am like, I, I don't know if we needed this. But, I, I, Grace, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, Brandon's romances are not exactly the highlight of the book for me. I'm with you. <laughs> so. Uh, so, wow, we're, we've been blabbing a lot. Uh, <laughs> no way. Let's... Okay, we're gonna wrap this up pretty soon. Which is your fam- favorite Stormlight book? Go. Oathbringer. Oathbringer. I'm gonna go with words. Favorite. Words of Radiance. Okay. The uh, what single volume collection of the entire series. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the archive. I don't, I don't know. The they're 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 all good in different ways. They're all three of them are very different books. Words of Radiance was very different from Way of Kings. Uh, Oathbringer is very different from those other two. And Dalinar's story was just so. Uh, yeah, I, that was it. That was it for me. <laughs> it, it was it was so. I've thought a lot about why Words of Radiance and Oathbringer are both really really good, but in different ways. And I. Th- I, I really think it's because Words of Radiance is more, it's not like YA or popcorn fiction or anything like that, but it's there's a lot more immediate payoff as you read things. Like things are happening, bam, arena fight, fast paced, entertaining, good writing, action, everything. Stuff's happening later on. Kaladin saying words, the end of the world, the, the storm forms, all of that stuff. Whereas with Oathbringer, it's it's slower paced, it is more deliberate. The yes. payoffs are less immediate, but kind of more overarching and encompassing and and deeper in some ways. Like the theme. The theme is so much stronger in Oathbringer. Yeah, yeah. Like like we talked earlier, failure and accepting failure yeah. and how do you move on. Like that is a big theme. And it's powerful. Uh, you could you, you you can spend your entire life like thinking about that and and doing better or yep. not doing better if you're Moash. Well, you know, again, it's, it's an exploration of that. It's an ex- exploration of that. I don't know if I like Oathbringer better than Words of Radiance anymore. Originally, I thought that I did like Oathbringer better. I love the structure of Oathbringer. Uh, that just all the unmade and it comes together and the highs are so high. The high, all the high moments just get me exactly the same way. Dalinar killing Evie, uh, it's just whoa, that's a powerful moment. Uh, Odium showing up, that's a powerful moment. Dal, the entire ending of just the stress of if Dalinar is gonna turn, it it gives me gives me chills just thinking about it. I think Words of Radiance might be a bit better of a book. But the highs are better in Oathbringer. And the th- and the theme and the structure is better in Oathbringer. So I like it them differently. Like, it feels like it's so hard to cap Kaladin's quote-unquote resurrection of Sil, though. 
in in words of radiance well like that is a such a high high for me it it is i mean i love it's like the dalinar summoning honors perpendicularity it's awesome that like yeah it's okay it's all right that just you can't have my pain (laughs) he figures it out all of the flashbacks matter and he's gonna trap the thrill in and only he can do it because he knows the thrill so intimately and so well which is foreshadowed with what shalon does with ray shafir oh it's so good it's so good but i think i might like words of radiance a little better uh overall just that we're definitely a close call that words of radiance just i just don't have any issues with it and the love triangle like okay it's a little annoying and shalon interacting in part two it's a little annoying uh, whereas Words of Radiance, I was annoyed with nothing and was just enthralled the whole time. And this, I like it in spite of some faults, but I still really like Oathbringer. You might be onto something here now that I think about it as well. I don't have problems with Words of Radiance. And then in Oathbringer, the things I like are for the most part, like I like them more than mm-hmm. Words of Radiance, but there are also things I don't like. And so they average out a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but... But again, me, when I wrote my Oathbringer review, it's I was going off the high of how awesome that ending was and how great that was with the whole of the story. And that is so awesome that it, it's it's really great. There's so much to talk about with Oathbringer, as you could tell with this podcast that got really. Uh, and there are lots of things to talk about with Oathbringer that... Uh, Maybe we'll do another episode where we go going through, like, interesting quotes uh, of Oathbringer and other things. We'll see. Uh, Let us know if you want us to talk about some other stuff in particular, as always. And let us know how you feel if if you've done a reread of Oathbringer, what you think uh, about it on a second read. Yeah, now we're just waiting for Grace to get them. Yeah. Oh, just a quick thing. You were talking about how nothing will beat uh, the... Kaladin like reviving still at the end I still I don't know I love that way of King's ending I really like when he turns back and saves Dalinar that is that is a really good scene um that might most, be why most I, of my rereads start with me reading the way of king's ending and then going i can't stop and then reading words of radiance <laughs> as well just because I, I love like, the ending but then i can't i like stop way after. of kings better than words <gasps> whoa Blasphemy. i totally disagree i like words of radiance a lot more than way of kings How i love kaladin's thing in the in the in the bridge cruise leading up to the end was like so powerful Whereas, like, words had some parts where I was really, it was really difficult um, to read. Like, where the parts where you knew Syl was being hurt by that, it was just like, that wasn't fun for me. That was just like. I mean, it's. it's <sighs> See, I love when say, characters are in pain. I really like that. I just had a hard time getting through it. And... Yeah. I, I know people who literally put Words of Radiance down because of what Calvin was doing to Syl. I'm like, just just read a little bit further. <laughs> just like get a little bit further. You could do it. Uh, yeah. But okay. I don't Yeah. It, it's interesting to think about. I've always thought Way of Kings is my least favorite of them. I, I like it, but 
I like Words of Radiance and Oathbringer. Way of Kings is probably my least favorite, but that ending might be like one of my favorite parts of any of the Stormlight Archive. So we've blabbed a lot. And you know what? You're still getting who's that Cosmere character? This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tian. Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for who's that Cosmere character? Call. Hello, listeners. You know how the game is played. You send in an email with five clues relating to a character. I read each clue loud, one at a time. And after each clue, our panelists get a chance to guess who's that Cosmere character. You're so much better at this than I am. Like, in the last episode I edited, I just didn't even do this spiel. I just opened. I have practice. I just just went right into it. I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Okay. This one was sent in by Sato Gaika. Awesome. Clue one. This character was from Skadriel. Menace. Felt. It's not Menace. It is not Ah! Felt. (laughs) Demo. It is not Demo. Sazed. It is not Sazed. Clue two. This character was in awe of Kelsier. It's been so long. I mean, Spook. It was not Spook. Or is Mm. not. In awe. Wait. Uh, no, of Kelsier. Aren't there like a grand total of like three people who admire Kelsier? He starts a religion. <laughs> Multiple religions, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Calvin's thing is bonding with squads of people. Kelsier's thing is creating religions where people right. must fanatically that's, devote him that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's his resume. all you know it could be an era to person who's in the church of the survivor that is that is true that's and true. i hate you for saying that <laughs> that's true i need to do an era to reread hmm. i need to do a complete misborn reread i think i've read them all once shame i might have to pass Marsh? What? I don't know. It is not Marsh. Thank Marsh you. was definitely not in awe of Kelsier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if this is like someone who's just read it and saw this line, even if it's out of character. He's in awe of how stupid Kelsier can be sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> um, Bilg? It is not Bilg. Wow. I'm gonna mm. go with... I don't think he was in awe of Kelsier, but I'm gonna go with Gorodel. It is not Gorodel. Clue three. This character was naive. Vin? It's not Vin. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be some error. Yeoman. It is not Yeoman. Yeoman. No, that's not the one I... No, no. not at all. <laughs> no, I meant... Yeah, okay. You guessed Yeoman. I did, I did guess Yeoman. I didn't mean to guess Yeoman, but that's the thing that came that's, out of my mouth. That is not accurate. No, no. I was thinking of a different character. <laughs> it took me a while to think of Gorodel, so. Naive. Naive. Oh my god. Oh, I remembered my character. Okay. Who's Come on. Naive? Chop, chop. Guess. A pass. Before, uh, before <laughs> I forget again. Ian, go. Say, say Laris. He already. I already guessed. guessed. We're waiting for Eric. Oh. 
Eric, go. Oh. Say Laris. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with Marasi because she's a survivorist. And I know it is not Marasi. And it's not naive. So whatever. Clue four. This character died a painful death. Okay, so probably not. Well, oh, it could be one of those church people. No, the Pathian church, uh, Pathian people were killed in Shadows Herself. Yedin. It is not Yedin. Painful yes. death. I would like to point out that she cut off just before the knot, and so to my ears, it sounded like it is Yedin. So I'll take my point. <laughs> no, no. That's not doesn't work that way. Not how this works. <laughs> Damn it! So so sure. What's clue yeah. for again, Grace? We're... This character died a painful death. I I guess I'll Mayor? pass. It is not Mayor. What did you say? I'm gonna pass. Eric. Oh, you're gonna pass. Okay. Clue five. This character portrayed Vin. Got a really long time. Now I'm even more confused. Is it Orisur? It is not Orisur. Sweet. Cammon. <laughs> it is not Cammon. He was not naive. Why did I guess Cammon? Who betrays Vin? I know. It feels like it should be a long list of people, but it's it's really not. <laughs> it feels like there should be a lot more people who betrayed Vin. Like the best people I can think of is Tensoon and uh, Zane. I got the Conjure mixed up. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, for most of the book, he was called Orisur. Yeah, poor one. I couldn't remember if it was he was called Tensoon and was Orisur, or if he was called Orisur and was Tensoon. Wow. So you don't remember Suni pups. <laughs> which one is which? Which one? <laughs> I remember Suni pups, but like yeah, that's which... because Tensoon's the one who lives. Okay. Sean betrays Vin. <laughs> like that doesn't um, fit at all. Cliss the informant. It is not Cliss the informant. It's a very <laughs> no great fantastic. <laughs> I have no idea who betrayed Vin. It's like we know random minor Rosharan characters, but random minor Skadrian <laughs> yeah. characters who might fit. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm stumped. Who still has a clue? Or to would, you, would you like to guess stump? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with menace for a second time. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> second time. Menace, but evil and betrayed Vin. Easy. Menace, menace who actually met Vin at some point. Menace, menace the, is evil. Menace the Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone still have to guess? I don't think so. Think Evgeny? No. Uh, have you guessed Evgeny? No, I I guessed Kamen. Oh, okay. oh. Right. so the answer is Ulef from Cameron's crew. Was he in okay. Kelsier? Explain. I don't. I, I mean, would have to read the book. No, I'd have so to the, reread those chapters. The crew is all there. I mean, that, that's why I guessed Cameron. Is just my guess was not good enough. Uh, Kelsier shows up there, and they are in awe because he's a nobleman, he's a mistborn, and they they practically worship okay. him. Okay. Um, and then Olaf ends up being uh, betraying uh, Vin to the uh, Steel Ministry. Yeah, okay. And then Kelsier kills them all. Okay. Well, on that uh, um, amazing anticlimactic note of uh, us getting stumped, good job uh, stumping us on early Mistborn 1 characters who uh, die. Chapter 1.
Uh, isn't it chapter two? Well, it's the prologue no, it's to Kelsier. <laughs> Kelsier would kill them later. The first Vin chapter. Okay. Okay. On that wonderful note, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on 17 for all your news theories, discussion, character or otherwise uh, about Oathbringer, whether you liked it or not, uh, please post. And join us in Discord. Uh, you can always talk with all of us there. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Dalinar is the goat. Bye. Call.